Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Church Mouse Chronicles. And so uh <laughs> the two of us did not have a good week. Not at all. Um it involved uh people who were either close to us or that we knew and who were impacted in different ways uh for better or worse by uh COVID-19 and um do you remember that wonderful time like a couple of months ago when we when we said enough talk of corona let's talk about other stuff we talked enough about but no we did not talk about enough, enough about corona because it has returned like some horror movie monster you know that simply you know you think you killed it even though we never really thought that we killed it and then it's a rotting arm erupts from its grave and there's like the end with a question mark today yeah, that question well, mark episode. <laughs> yeah so so and... the previous time the previous time it was it was just the first wave uh we we didn't really know how the second wave is going to look like well we've had the first wave and now the second tsunami <laughs> and we're the tourists at the bank that are like wow where did the sea go we're the tourists and <laughs> uh, do the honors and uh you'll have the floor for the next two hours because uh, I, I have a hunch that you have a thing or two to say yeah I'll start by saying to everybody who thinks that the coronavirus doesn't exist, think again. To everybody, to everybody who thinks that the coronavirus isn't dangerous, you're right, it isn't. But, yeah? Finish, finish your, and I'll jump in. Yeah. But to all of you who think because the virus is not dangerous, you get to ignore it, don't. Because uh, the disease that the virus causes is a treatable disease, just like what you will get when you, when you get infected by you know, uh, the seasonal flu or something. But the question is, what happens when there's nobody left to treat you when you can't treat yourself? You know, when you get a cold, uh, you cough a little bit and uh, you, you feel muscle ache and whatnot. Sometimes you get high fever and you go through it in a couple of days and you're, that's it, like, right, wow. But you must have heard that, you know, in the past, God knows how many years, that people get pneumonia. People die from pneumonia. Uh, you know, sometimes your body just can't fight. Sometimes you can't find it on its own, and then you get hospitalized, then you get help. But the problem is what happens when there's nobody left to treat you, and there's no room in the hospitals. Um, I, I'm about to give you a firsthand testimony of how that looks like. Second wave of Corona, Serbia. Before you start. Yeah, go ahead. Because you mentioned COVID deniers um yesterday I, sh I shared a photo of a priest in that suit you know um you know that hazard suit basically yeah um, and uh, he was wearing an epitrachelion the stole 
uh, over that suit and um, he might have been a priest because he wore that uh, necklace that looked like Panagia, which is something Orthodox bishops wear. But it might have been, um, you know, necklace with the holy gifts. What? A phylactery. <laughs> phylactery. <laughs> so anyway, it's I put so that even good to laugh. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's so, so good to laugh. So I shared that image because I thought it was powerful, you know, if it was an Orthodox priest astronaut, I would share it, you know, it's interesting to combine vestments with different uniforms as the situation calls for it. Yeah. And some guy commented on it, like something along the lines, uh, like, is this photo even real? And I said, well, it seems to be, it's shared by an official diocese and Instagram page of that and that diocese. And then this guy comments, uh, regarding my profile, you know, somebody who has a name, a last name and everything. This seems to be another shill Orthodox account whose sole purpose is to legitimize COVID. To you, sir. And the book. Okay, no, 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 listen. I know people who have died of this. I had this. I've infected five people, thank God, none of whom so far have any lasting consequences. Five bishops of the of the Serbian Orthodox Church died of this. I don't know how many nuns uh, are sick from this. Uh, and I have no idea how many priests. I, uh, uh, by that, I mean, I have absolutely no data. I don't know. And you, I you, only need, know... you need more proof? Yes, like uh, this isn't the flu, uh, and you don't That's get fine. you don't get pneumonia uh, during uh, summer heats. So, to you, sir. Don't, uh, sorry, I apologize. I'm the go. It's it's just like I'm thinking how much effort it's gonna be. To... <laughs> no, don't censor it. Don't censor it. Don't I, censor I, it. I shall. Now, um, so about 20 days ago, I think, um, my, my father got a surgery. It was a uh, common prostate surgery. Uh, you know, all of us men uh, eventually have issues with the prostate. That's like... You know, if our if our bodies were were like eternal, the prostate would kill us anyways. Um, so he had that this surgery, right? Um, and he was lying in the hospital for maybe two, three days. I don't know. Um, and he gets a high fever, and uh, they release him from the hospital for home treatment. Um, Seven days later, he still has high fever. No other symptoms or anything. He still has high fever. The hospital where he was, where he had the surgery, is the biggest and meanest hospital in the entirety of Serbia, the Military Medical Academy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Military Medical Academy is a so-called non-COVID hospital, meaning, you know, because of the air uh um 
circulation system that is completely in uh, inside. So it's it's an um, inner. You can system. vent the room. You can yes. vent the room. It it doesn't. You, you don't you don't open up the window. Like the the entire ventilation is like uh, connected. Everything's connected. Like, like like on a cruise ship. It's it's very bad. But it's it's the best hospital. But it's still this particular part is very bad. Now, because of that, he wasn't able. He, they wouldn't accept him to remove the catheter that he was given that he that that that, that was placed um, after the surgery because of, because he has high fever. Now the fact he has high fever has been a super huge challenge for us to get him admitted to anything other than a other than a covid other than a, than a uh, you know a, a hospital or something that's in the covid system but but since the only symptom that he had was just high fever it just all very much pointed towards um, a urinary tract infection which like literally everything that he was experiencing was like 100% textbook urinary tract infection his urologist gave him an antibiotic that he was that he was taking, and um, after about you know seven days of the fever not ending, uh, he goes to you know the general practice uh, doctor, and she doesn't change the therapy; she just doubles the dosage of the antibiotic. That's about it. He keeps or that rub flour onto it then. He keeps get he keeps taking the antibiotic, but no results. Fever wait, still. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, because I'm a doctor as well. Don't antibiotics uh, uh, compromise your immunity as well? No, antibiotics uh -huh. antibiotics target specific or groups of uh, bacteria. No, no, no. I know that, but I, isn't it one of the dangers with antibiotics? I, but besides, in general, increasing the resistance of antibiotics of bacteria to antibiotics is that they yes. lower your general Im immunity. It honestly, is something that you've heard recently. I honestly, don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to 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 answer that uh, with complete certainty because I'm not a medical professional. But what I can tell you that. Antibiotics are a standard therapy, even for people infected with viruses, because when yeah. the virus enters the body, it weakens your cells and makes your organs more susceptible to bacteria mm -hmm. infections. So mm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily come to that conclusion based on what I know, but still. Okay. Uh, I think so, yeah. So uh, what we do is. We take our father to a COVID ambulance and he gets tested uh, and he gets his lungs uh, you know, uh, x-rayed. Uh -huh. Lungs are clean. The test is negative. Fever is still there. Um, they say go to an infectologist. Okay. Now, mind you, this is the moment where we are going to private practice 100% because, like, everything, you, you can't do this anywhere else. Like, it yeah. is what it is. So we're going to private practice, and private practice in Serbia is very specific. It's like the same doctors 
that treat patients in public hospitals uh, do that in private healthcare as well. But it's just that things kind of work there. You don't, you know, you can actually, when you when you have an appointment, you actually more or less uh, get your uh, examination on on time, and there's no. Uh, th there's no like cues or whatever that you would expect in a, in a, in a public. Um, and they, yeah, and they have proper machines, proper tools, proper. They have everything that you would assume that a proper hospital has, but sadly, often doesn't. And costs a lot of money, of course. Um, for people from Serbia, definitely costs a lot of money. But still, we go to an infectologist. We end up. Um, uh, with literally like top-notch infectologist. Um, she literally wrote the book that's called like Atlas of Infective Diseases, <laughs> like literally. Uh, she's like a professor. She, as, as far as I can conclude retroactively, she still thinks it's a urinary tract infection and she prescribes him another antibiotic. More flour. Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, basically sets a control examination three days later. As you know, antibiotics take up to 72 hours to actually uh, go into effect. And we're talking about the antibiotics that are taken orally, which is this. Yeah. We put him on this new antibiotic. No changes. In the meantime, she, he started coughing a little bit. And uh, the infectologist, while she was giving him the examination, she said she hears a little bit of bronchitis, like a small one. So that was kind of, okay, like he might have picked it up. In the meantime, also, we got information that his roommate was diagnosed with uh, COVID. Then a bit later, we get information that the doctor who operated on him uh, has double, you know, both side pneumonia, uh, COVID, hospitalized. Just a little backdrop for the audience. Uh, while all of this is happening, the number of infected people in Serbia is skyrocketing. And I know, like, like sharp uh, rise and i know that a lot of people doubt the numbers and you know that is fine there is always some winging of the numbers and at least in serbia for the majority of part they were definitely made lower uh, not higher as people generally assume to be done in the, with the, first, in the first wave yes they they, yeah. they they were making them they were hiding the, the real yeah state yeah but uh my mother had a great comment. You know that the numbers are rising because you know at least at least one person who's sick. And now I know uh, a lot. A lot. Now, now, now literally yeah. you, you can't look at a certain group of people, you know, or a certain um, reason for knowing people and not finding one representative uh, from that group. Um, who is not sick or or they're somebody from their family or something yeah and um so we did kind of su su suspect uh that he got the virus but still you know the test was negative what we didn't know then maybe was that there's a a lot of different tests and some of them are complete and utter bullshit 
like this fast um, test that is taken serum, from the blood. Test, Sorry? Serum test, I believe it's called in English. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, taken from the blood, vein blood. Um, they are practically determining if you have antibodies. And there's like two types of antibodies. One, which you have after you go through the virus. And the other one is the one that you get when you um, are currently uh, mm -hmm. fighting a virus. But it's crap. Nobody, nobody really recognizes it anywhere uh, as like, an, like a good uh, result. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Can I interject a uh, real quick? Absolutely. Um, my coworker with whom I work in the office also got COVID, and uh, uh, he went to uh, he went uh, you know to get tested, and for like three days he was unsuccessful. They were throwing him to and fro, bureaucracy, this and that. Uh, who sent you here? Who sent you there? And so on and so far. Finally. He gets tested, like, and this was like uh, the work of Sisyphus. You know, it was a, uh, it was so difficult. Finally, he gets tested, and he gets a negative result, even though he has all those symptoms. He's coughing, he's sneezing, he lost both uh, both uh, uh, smell and taste, as or as he told me, <laughs> my uh, my smelling privileges were revoked, <laughs> and. He sends us an image of a serum test. And I'm like looking at that and I'm like, I'm like reminded of that scene from the Sleeping Beauty. Uh, like when Maleficent is like uh, cursing those goblins and like, where is she? I need to fulfill the curse. And like, but your dark majesty, we have searched far and wide, every castle, every church, every cottage, every cradle. And she's like, what, what did you say? No, no, you were looking cradle. for Baby? For a baby. Do you hear that, my pet? For the past 16 years, they were looking for a baby. And then she started zapping with lightning bolts. And I'm like, Idiot. you were sick. Impossible. You, yeah, he, fools him. And, and like, she loses. And uh, it was like that scene, like, you definitely had COVID. You were standing in those lines. And they had the audacity to give you a serum test, which is like, like i don't know 50 percent valid you know yeah and i'm and and they know for a fact that they're saving those good tests for more problematic cases i have no idea where they get the numbers i mean for example they would say that like they have tested like 10 10 000 or twenty thousand people where how when i don't know i only know that yeah, a lot super, of people I know super, are... super inaccurate super unreliable yeah. tests which at at the point where we're looking for what the hell is going on like what's what's causing this state to us it came like a, you know okay it's not covid let's 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 focus on the urinary tract infection in the meantime in the meantime we're we're trying to we're trying to organize you know um to, for him to get infusion with with vitamins and we're trying to get all the blood analysis done in time etc cetera, etc cetera. So I, 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 in the meantime, I got back from Trotchak, which is the, the last, well, last time we recorded, I was there. I leave my family there. I go back to Belgrade so that I can be there and actually drive my father uh, to different examinations and help him and whatnot. Um, that ended up consuming my entire week easily. Um, so, okay, we 
I'm communicating with a lot of people, medical professionals, who are trying to figure out what's going what's going on. And all this time, you know, we are the ones has you know hustling uh, the system to get something going on because you know nobody nobody's giving him what's the next step. Like for example, you know, when when I give you therapy, I tell you what the next step is. You know, when I tell you we need to remove your your catheter. And for whatever reason you we, you can't enter the hospital, we don't you don't you don't get told what to do. You know it's so all this time in in this entire madness, we are the ones driving this, right? We're the ones pushing to 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 cure, to treat yeah. treat my dad. So we focus on getting this catheter removed for him. Uh, we get him to a urologist uh, again in private practice. And by the way, at that point, he's already 10 days plus high fever. So he is having trouble with coherent thinking, speaking, super exhausted, um, using paracetamol for, um, you know, getting the fever down literally every day, even though you should not use it more than three to five days, for example. Laughs in a, in a week of paracetamol. Yeah. And, you know, it's very hard. They don't, they don't, they're not letting you walk in with him because the rules are, you know, and he can, he can't speak. So we're constantly fighting the system. We're fighting the, the public healthcare system. We're fighting the private healthcare system. Every time we have to pick up the phone and, 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 and schedule an appointment, every time we need to explain why he should be let in with the high fever. Um, we removed the catheter. The doctor even gives him a third antibiotic, gets the infusion. He starts feeling better immediately. And we're like, oh, wow, this is going to work. We have a control examination set because he removed the catheter. And then right after that, we have this infectologist control examination, which is the the ultimate thing where we expected the infectologist to be like, yeah, you finally gave him the right antibiotic. We, we, We kicked this bacteria. And by the way, all this time, we're doing parallel analysis, trying to figure out which bacteria is the issue. We're getting his urine, analyzing the urine. We can't get the bacteria. We can't get it. We can't get it. We can't get it. All this time, we're, we're doing um, uh, the CRP test, which is like, you know, this thing rises when you get, uh, when mm-hmm. you have an infection. We're, um, based on what we were told by the infectologist, we're getting him the the you know uh, we're getting the the blood analysis for for iron for mm-hmm. um, uh, for coagulation, which is also you know important with COVID patients. Mm-hmm. We're doing all this analysis. I'm picking up the lab technician, driving him home home so that he can get my father's blood, driving him back to the laboratory. Like we are hustling left and right all this time. This is a freaking full-time job already like crazy and my father is still not feeling well now i drive him to the urologist for the control examination everything's fine catheter removed everything so he still doesn't have fever after that and then i driving home and then we go to the ultimate examination and he starts shaking in the car while i'm driving him shaking 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 and my brother is waiting to pick him up and get him to the infectologist obviously he gets high fever and it starts getting you know super hard 
he goes to the infectologist they do another chest x-ray and there's double-sided pneumonia and she looks at the results and she's like i'm sorry he needs to be hospitalized but i have no idea where or how at that point my uh my good friend from church actually they have at at that literal time they were already waiting for around eight hours in the in the clinic uh ne uh, next to the uh, very close to the saint sava temple yeah so they were waiting outside in the cold for eight hours to be admitted with covid symptoms fortunately she recommends another institution and we we go immediately now mind you this is the beginning of two of the worst days of my life ever mm -hmm. ever like all this time where we were trying to get this thing solved and get him treated all i did like i just prayed god please just i just don't want us to go into the system because i knew what to expect mm -hmm. this is like i know how shit shitty of a country we are i know how completely incapable our people are to organize things uh i know how how everything is super corrupt and i know that people are getting sick and there's a lot of people cramming in the hospitals that much i knew and i was just praying god not to go into that all of that and that's exactly where we went we drew our father to um a it's a it's a triage hospital basically mm -hmm. for covid patients we go there and it's a it's a shit show it's like crammed with people you don't understand where to go who to talk to what to do nothing's clear uh the the ambulance the ambulance vehicles are coming and going getting patients delivering patients it's everything's a complete mess we enter inside and um we're trying to find somebody to like speak to to get admitted to um, leave some information with them anything we get our father to sit down this is this is where it gets real real right because at that point we are surrounded by elderly people you are surrounded by sick people people who can't who can't stand um uh, a guy on a on a on a mobile uh, hospital bed uh, goes by with oxygen being pumped into his nose a lot of sick people a lot of sick people and zero organization and then from time to time you get you know somebody in a in a medical suit or something just going go 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 past you 
we finally get somebody, you know, to stop and be like, please, what, what do we do now? Like, we, we, what do we do? And he's like, give me, give me, you know, his health, health, healthcare document. Let's call it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we give them that. We waited until he was accepted. Seven hours. We went there around um, half past eight. And we waited for seven hours. During that time, I have witnessed, <laughs> I, I, I can't really count, but I, I, I can surely witness to at least 20 to 50 different people who just appeared, you know, high-fived the, 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 the med technician or somebody and just went in. All of them with... Um, no symptoms like people who just want to get tested and they have a connection mm-hmm. i've seen people bullying their their way their way in screaming urgency you know but but the worst thing is when you see old people sick people and everything just waiting and then you see like a young person walk in and be like yo man what's up like high fives you know and just goes in then 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 the way the way you're treated which is subhuman it's subhuman being treatment nobody wants to answer anything uh people um uh, you know the medical staff are like why are you in this hallway like get away from there like find somewhere else to sit and stuff like that you know like don't come in here and, and all of that, you know, without giving people any sort of a process, any sort of a mm-hmm. protocol uh, that you need to follow. I will skip probably a, sh- a load of things that happened there, uh, which there's not even a need for me to go into. But <laughs> he finally gets, you know, all this time we're, 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 you know, thinking about what are we going to do? Because there's no guarantees that we're going to get our father hospitalized. Zero guarantees, right? In the meantime, uh, my brother heard that this guy was uh, uh, got is going to be hospitalized in uh, Sokobanya, which is a, a city in south of Serbia, um, around three-hour drive. We heard that, and we were like, "Okay, you know, they it might be that there are other options other than Belgrade." Uh, for getting hospitalized, so that that was something. But still, you know, the the infectologist she told us if you don't get him hospitalized, you know, it was a real option. Like it was a real, it could have easily have happened. If you don't get him hospitalized, I'll give you the treatment to do it at home. Mm-hmm. Like we would have to treat him at home, the yeah. infusions and everything. And we were constantly like going back and forth: should we or should we not? just grab him and, and take him home you know we were constantly like and it's stress you know he's not feeling well he can't breathe well it's it's super hard finally we, he gets admitted and by the way we came with all the results that they would ever need to make to make uh, uh, any sort of a decision but they have like an in-house rule they need to do all the tests period like we have like a seven hours uh, old 
a lung, a chest x-ray, they dated another one. You know, that's like, it's ridiculous. It's stupid as hell, but okay. Fortunately for us, they allowed my brother to get in with him because my father at this point, he can't speak. It's, it's hard for him to speak, to coherently create sentences. And he hustles his way in and um, they ask us, can you get him to Sokobai? Can you drive him to Sokobai? And we said, yes. We're packing ourselves. I didn't even go home um, because I was alone. You know, nobody could prepare any stuff, any, any of my clothes or anything for me. And it would take us a lot of time if they have, if we have to wait for me. So my brother's wife, she prepared a bag for him. We just grabbed the bag and bam. Yeah. It was 2 a.m. at that point. It was 2 a.m. And we were driving and probably around 50 to 60% of that road was utterly thick fog. So it was the worst oh, part. I remember, I remember. Super tired, super stressed. Night, 2, 2 a.m. starting this drive. Uh, I, man, I was, I was scared shitless. I was scared shitless. And you know, like you're, you're waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? You're waiting for something that you can grab onto and hold onto because that, you know, let me just let me just finish this and it's gonna be okay. You know, let me just do this, it's gonna be okay. Let me just overcome this, it's gonna be okay. And um that that's how it was from the very beginning, uh from the very first time he got the symptom. Let's take this antibiotic, let's go to this examination, let's get to this test. And you're constantly waiting for something to happen and it never does. So at at, at that point, so at, in, that, that, in that on that Thursday night. He, it was the 14th day of him having a fever. <laughs> it was it was a torture. And we're driving. Okay. Can we drag that bri briefly? Uh, you asked me if I knew anyone that could maybe find a place for him in the hospital. And, uh, you know, I know some, my family knows some influential people and I started asking around and they couldn't find anything. This is, you know, nothing. And um, I literally asked my mother, uh, but how come we can't find a single bed? And she said, well, everybody's saving that ace up their sleeve for one of their closest loved ones, you know? You know, and if the situation wasn't as dire, uh, there would be no issue. But this is how things have to go. Yeah, and, this, uh, is, this is the time where you can't, there's no money that's going to buy you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, like, that, that, when you ponder that, then, then you understand. Yeah. Uh, uh, Serbia is not a rich country, especially... Uh, when it comes to Western standards, you know. So when you have an, an issue that money can't fix, that means that nothing can fix it, literally, except by except God. <laughs> literally. Yeah, you know, you know the comment that, that that we got? Like we we pull we pulled. We pulled everybody we know. Yeah. You know what the comment was? What? Unless your last name is Vucic. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, our next light at the end of the time, our, our next straw, our next success, our next finally was getting to Sokobanya. And we get there. And honestly, by a bit of a miracle, because we, I, I typed in the wrong hospital. No, because they don't tell you. They just said Sokoban. You don't even know. You're Googling for it. Yeah, I'll get to that. And we're like, we're driving and it takes us to a, like a mountain road. And I'm like, this sounds, this is deja vu because I, I already had this, this problem with, with Sokoban before. Uh, so it takes you to a road which is like you die on that. <laughs> Literally, the, the, how the how bad the road is. And I was like, but it, but as we were going there, we we passed what looked like a hotel, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, we'll go back there and ask. And <laughs> I, I I park there, and my brother goes out, and he get goes back, and he's like, this is the hospital. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so we, we go back a bit and we find like the emergency entrance. We drive to the emergency entrance, get my dad. What what awaited us there is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So let me explain this. This is an entire hospital, size of a hotel. It's huge. In one shift. They have four nurses and two doctors. And they take care of all the patients. Plus, they're the ones doing the admission. When we came, there were already around, I think, seven or nine people waiting to be admitted. And they didn't, ha- they told us they don't have medic- medication. They don't have uh, any sort of indication that they were supposed to admit all these people and they don't ha- even have the documents that they, they are necessary for them to actually admit somebody. They don't have documents to write patients' names on. You understand what I'm saying? Guys, there, was no, there was no waiting doctor, room. Doctors are modern-day martyrs today. Literally martyrs. Honestly, man, based on how they treated us, I judged them a lot. I judged them so much. Only after analyzing everything, I was like, I I shouldn't have judged them. I shouldn't have judged them. Because in this this scenario, everybody's having, everybody's just in, in panic. Everybody's like in a very bad mode. Like you, there, there's nothing you can do. Like when I realized what happened, they, you know, somebody flipped the switch overnight and told them, starting now, you're in the COVID system. And Belgrade started sending vehicle after vehicle with patients, just bombarding them with patients. In, 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 in about um, 48 hours, they accepted more than 100, 170 patients. In, in, how, in how long? 48 hours. They after my father was admitted, that's five hours after we came came to the hospital, they admitted another 70. Before my father was admitted, they already had accepted uh, more than 50 during that night, the night shift that we encountered. So that's like six people doing all of that. Yes. 
like we entered they are like they are saying that they are nervous or exhausted is is a huge understatement they are yeah. they don't they are not communicating they are lost we are looking know. at this my brother and i are looking looking at each other and he like like i see tears in his, in his eyes and he asked me where did we just drive our father to where did we just take our father to what did we just do dude they didn't even have documents to to admit patients did i tell you that there was no sitting room we put a blanket on the floor so that my father can sit down and um uh an ambulance vehicle drove this elderly man uh, surely surely over 80 i will never forget his name radeta young um they just dumped his hospital bed the mobile hospital bed inside with a bunch of plastic bags and no documentation he can't speak he can't move he is you he can move his hand so he's boxing the the wooden wall next to him to just to get somebody's attention and somehow he's barely saying help literally help i'm like nobody's paying attention to him when we walked in two people were sitting on his bed completely ignoring him it's literally like okay this guy here is dying so nobody can help him so bam done ignore B. three times three times i've called the nurse or doctor or whoever i don't even know because they're all in like in like they, they, don't, they don't even know where they are i don't even know who who's who because they're all wearing suits you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't even recognize them it's like um among us literally like but they, but everybody's everybody's the same color yeah, yeah and you and you need to find a nurse or a doctor and yeah how many three times i've asked the first time i've asked they just came came there and like just looked at it like but let me let she would she would go to the other end of the hospital and she would just poke him to see if he's still breathing and that's it on one of the occasions where i walked in i was like can you please do anything something just please like just just pay attention to him and she told me there's nothing i can do somebody just dumped him here and there's nothing i can do we called somebody to dump him in a niche which is another city And you know, there's a plastic bag. The bag has a lot of things in it, including toilet paper and um, adult diapers and what? Adult diapers and oh, yeah. somebody packed this for him. A family member. Somebody sent his or her 
grandfather or father, somebody somebody put him in the system and an ambulance car drove him there and dumped him even without his papers. And there, there was nothing I could do. And um, I made myself, I was like, I need, like, I need to do something. Like, you know, because of Christ, I need to do something. So I walked in and I'm like, how can I help you? You know, how can I, what, what do you need? And he tries to tell me, but I don't understand. You know, he's saying something which resembles either hunger or head. And I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I, and I tell him like, I'm sorry. I don't understand. Do you want me to, you know, cover you with the blanket? Do you, do you need something? And then I understand that he wants me to call the nurse, which I do. All they do is take like one of those bags that, that were packed for him, just put him below his head. Another on another time they just moved him uh, on the other side of the bed so he doesn't fall. One sec. Somebody's doing something. And I don't know what that is. Somebody's like they turned on like the 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 vacuum cleaner or something very yeah. loud. And I think it's passing through the right ears. B, he's dying and nobody's attending to him. And he's asking for help. That, lasted, that, that lasted all the seven hours that I was there. Throughout all the seven hours that I was there. During those seven hours, I've prevented myself from trying to help the guy at least 15 times. I've tried to help the guy at least five times, and there was nothing I can do. I covered him, I, I, I covered him with the blanket, for example, a bit better. But that was it. And we were looking at that. My father was looking at that. And we were, we were just sinking. You know, we were sinking, like we were looking at where the hell did we, that we did we get our father to? Like, what did we do? At some point, uh, I take the uh, I take the device that you use to measure somebody's body temperature, so that I can measure his body temperature. I took it. I took it. I didn't even ask anybody. There's nobody freaking there to ask. And uh, a nurse or a doctor. I think she's a nurse. Walks in and she's like, "Why are you touching? Why are you doing that? Who told you to do that?" And I was like, "I just wanted to measure his temperature. Like, what is wrong with you?" She's like, everybody out. At at that point, we took everybody into the the room where they, they are doing the admission because that was the only place where you can actually sit down. You understand, I, I asked for a chair. They told me to, you know, buzz off. Now, and she was like, everybody out. She even wanted people to go outside in the cold. And I was like, sorry? We took them in because there's nowhere to sit down. They will stay here. She was like, okay. 
you, you don't understand you don't understand at that point how things how things were okay yeah now my brother and i are constantly like weighing left and right should we drive him back home should we just leave this and try to treat him at home like this we we, we don't even like we're losing hope we're losing everything at this point and we ask our father and he's like whatever you decide do it i i put myself in your hands he's powerless he can't yeah. even think straight everybody's powerless everybody literally can, everybody's can you powerless. try to understand the level the level of weight of responsibility that is that is at, from that point on that is on our he told us that for a previous time where we were waiting to if we should get in home or try to get him hospitalized in the first place that was the same answer at one point like i go back and forth you know and all this time i'm, I'm trying like not to cry not to show any sort of you know hopelessness in my eyes or something like when, whenever i'm talking to my dad i'm, I'm always like you know we're fighting we'll do our best you know whatever the circumstances are on the other end inside i'm literally screaming and running in circles and um and some point as i was walking back and forth between you know getting some air uh trying to find a nurse speaking to my brother speaking of you know talking to somebody over the phone he shows me this like like let's go let's get the hell out of there and uh, i speak to my brother we organize things i go back to the car to heat heat the car up we heat the car up and we grab our father and we put him in the car we get the blanket around him and everything and all i'm waiting is for my brother to get out like from the from the admittance um hallway and uh we're going we're going back like like let me tell you this like i don't even know how how i was able to drive there i i could have fallen asleep five times mm -hmm. uh, we stopped a couple of times just so that i can go out and like face the cold because it was like minus something and it was mm -hmm. like the cold was so it, it would wake me up it was yeah it was so sobering and um I, I i would like you know hit myself a bit so that i can just stay stay uh stay awake especially in, in the circumstances uh by the time that this happened it was already daylight it was already morning you know so yeah. I was like, okay, I'll manage to drive. It's at least it's not the night, you know. Like the adrenaline has started uh, pumping very, very hard. At the last moment, my brother literally, literally turns back and and he's he's like something down the lines of you know shame on you. What kind of an institution is this? Like something I don't even remember to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, the night shift which we didn't know they accepted at that point they were already processed like more than 50 people who were thrown at them without any you know previous uh, agreement and the shift changes and this new lady doctor she was like no 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 please please calm down calm down and he was like i know 
every detail from every single examination he had. I could, you could admit him in five freaking minutes if you just listened. She was like, okay, 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 we'll listen. And he goes, that was, in my opinion, the biggest miracle ever because we were going. And yeah. in, that, in that moment, then the second shift is coming. In that very, like, we're going, it's done. The car is heated. Like I'm, I'm, I'm there. Like I'm already, I'm already, you know, asking God for for a safe passage. And um, and we get him in. And he gets admitted by by them listening to my brother giving giving them information. And when you turn, the doctor disappears. <laughs> now we're off. We are uh, buying medications for him because, you know, the hospital doesn't have medications. Yeah. We, we bought the medications for him. We bring him the medications and whatever else he needed. Um, you know, some food, some, some water and whatnot. And we go to find, we go to find somewhere to sleep. We didn't sleep. It took us the entire remainder of the day of calling everybody we know to try to find somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody in that hospital so that he can get some treatment because he was just lying there. Everybody was ignoring him. Of course, we didn't know that they were admitting another 70 people and that they didn't have the time to, yeah. give him, to give him the treatment. We didn't know that. We were like, why are they doing this? Now, it was like around 10 p.m., I think, where we just fall, fall, we fell asleep out of exhaustion. In the meantime, you know, we didn't even eat for a lot of time. Like, I've eaten like breakfast on thursday <laughs> that's all i that's all i had i even forgot that the, the that the, the the great lent has started like I, I didn't even have a sense of anything like everything just was lost on me yeah and uh, it was already like 10 hours after he was admitted and he still didn't get any therapy and he was getting worse and worse you know couldn't breathe well. He didn't sleep the entire night. He couldn't sleep, even though we, you know, we tried to get him to sleep in the car. And he, he was like, he spent the night, he spent 15 hours trying to get admitted to the hospital. He gets mm -hmm. admitted to the hospital, spends another 10 hours not getting any treatment. Um, we even found like, you know, a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. And we somehow find somebody to tell them, like, in, in the midst of all that shitstorm that, that, that has hit them, somebody, like, instructs a nurse to get him, like, the treatment and the infusion of antibiotics. And she gives it to his roommate. Makes a mistake. At that point, now just to give you context, my late mother passed away before I was one years old. I was 
I think 17 days before I would turn one. I grew up with with my father. Mm -hmm. My father is the best person I've ever met. And I met a lot of Christians just just so that's just so that we're clear. I love my father. He's everything. He was everything to me before before I, I, I started my own family. He was everything to me. And and my father tells me, tells us over the phone, this is the end. I'm going to die here. Please try to get me out of here so that I can die at home. We called and called and begged. Like I I begged them in tears. Please can you give him treatment? They will, they will hang up on me. We get information by calling guy who knows the guy who knows the guy. Yeah. We get info that you know he's gonna get he's gonna get uh, the treatment after lunch. He doesn't get treatment after lunch. And you know it's you know when I told you there there's there's the next thing you know you're 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 in such a bad mode you're always like you're just waiting for the next thing to happen because the next thing is you know is everything to you at that point you know you're just trying to get him hospitalized then you're trying to get to Sokum and you're trying to get him hospitalized so you're trying to get him to get treatment. And we end up with, with, you know, and, and all this time we were, we're trying to them, please fight. We are, we are grinding on the other. We are doing everything we can. We are here. We didn't go home. Like we will do everything for you. Mm-hmm. Please fight for us. Please fight for your grandkids. Terrible. All the while we are choking in tears. Like we're completely done. We're like, we're done. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's if effectively, there's nothing we can do other than go in and kidnap him from the hospital, which is, which is a jail time sort of violation. It uh, is true, but I believe so. But also, I don't think that anyone would particularly mind that that hospital like that. They were like, oh, free bed. <laughs> so now. The last information we have, mm-hmm. oh, everybody's going to get treatment. Now, you know, at that point, we, we don't understand that they, they are not, there's nobody who's capable of giving him treatment because they're all busy. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's like, it's it's not treatment, it's triage. So when it's triage, you, you have to attend to the one, to the patients that are the most endangered first. Yeah. He was not one of those patients. Okay. But he has lost the psychological battle. You mm-hmm. when psychologically you, you just you can't lose that battle if you're gonna recuperate. But he was he lost that battle completely. And he also had another issue with his nose because he was constantly putting the, the sea salt in it and he couldn't breathe. Like his his nostrils were so dry, he just couldn't breathe. Like it was yeah. awful. And imagine that state after not sleeping all that, and you can't get a nurse to to notice you. 
nothing. The last piece of info we got was the explanation, you know, what kind of a shit, shit storm they're handling and that they, he will get treatment eventually. We, fought, we fell asleep from exhaustion. We are waking up in the morning, calling him immediately. And thank God he got treatment sometimes after midnight. And we're like, and he responded good immediately. He responded immediately to that treatment. Thank God. All this time, I have an army of people praying. Like you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really know. I was, I have called everybody, everybody, and. And he changes the, I'm going to die here, to, I need to fight and recuperate and get the hell out of here. <laughs> you remind me of that uh, widow who's pestering a judge to take <laughs> up the food. And he's like, fine. <laughs> we worked that day too get all the necessary stuff to him we worked the next day to organize somebody to to get him newspapers and water and and some yogurt or something to him every day yeah we bought him a book we wrote Which something one? i don't remember it's oh. one of the classics we wrote a very heartwarming um, message <laughs> Uh, what's it called? Uh, what's it called from Moliere? Uh, the delusional patient. <laughs> Trust me, if you if you saw what we saw, and if if you were sick at that point in his shoes. Oh, I would have given up way before that's, him. That, that's that's what you would have. That's what you what you would you would have experienced. It's, I know. Uh, but things started. You know, things started. His fever went down. He didn't get fever since that moment on at all. And uh, day by day, he seems to be getting better. Thank God, he seems to be getting better. Thank God. We set everything up. Now, in the meantime, people are getting sick. The prayer list is growing bigger and bigger. Um, a great friend of mine, Nevenka, she who I met, whom I met in the in the church choir, and she she always just liked me from the beginning. She was always like looked at me as as as, as I was her as I was her own child. She was always like that to me. I don't even understand why. And I always kind of looked at her like, and I, I just, you know, when you, when you connect with somebody and it's, it's not even like, you don't even have to have the conversation. <laughs> and, um, oh man, she was, she was there for me. Her mother is an old a lady, 85 years old in a, in a nursery home. 
nursery home is that how it's called right nursing home nursing home thank you nursery before kids yeah and covid got got into the the virus got into the nursing home she, her mother is sick in 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 a very bad situation and in the midst of all of that she found five different people from that hospital i don't even know how you know yeah. she's like like when you don't have anybody when you don't have what to do like and you get you get your own personal angel literally she went through all of that with me you know she she went through all with us she went through all of that with us you know when i when i sent her a message in the morning that my dad got therapy and she was well she told me she has never felt happier and thanked me imagine she thanked me for for starting her day with such good news uh-huh. and um anyways we are back in belgrade my brother and i and seven days after not seeing my family i have to continue not seeing them because we are quarantined now we have been exp- in the in the epicenter of the disease for about 15 hours straight mm-hmm. without any sleep so we are a liability <laughs> to be around uh, even though I've obviously went through the virus because of you um, that doesn't mean I'm still immune to it but you're now the <laughs> yeah. um, but we, we, we did one test to cough in your face <laughs> we did we did a test today the 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 the, the most uh, the most actual one the most the newest one where they, yeah. they take one take a, a, a sample from the nose and uh, do an antigen, antigen it's called an antigen test okay yeah everybody said it was and uh, we're both negative thank god we're both negative it's not uh, you know as far as the the test goes that means there's a 20% chance that we will still develop symptoms and that we actually are because you know what, what happens is they're taking they're taking a sample from this area right and sometimes mm. the virus just is no longer present there it just goes yeah, yeah. Goes, goes deeper and you know whatever but we we feel good other than you know, what we think is like stress related um consequences and you know basically us tripping that you know um am i breathing right you know is my pulse okay um so we we are actually quarantined in my in my house. This is my bedroom. Uh, probably I've never recorded from the bedroom. I don't think I have. Mm. Uh, my brother is in, in the living room, and uh, we are also taking care of uh, my my father's, um, well, life companion. Mm. She's also COVID COVID positive, has high fever. Uh, fortunately low you know mild symptoms well um thank you for your sharing your miraculous story um i have been in a topsy-turvy situation myself though nowhere as close as what you've gone through um my brother-in-law 
uh, got positive. So uh, he came to us because I am supposedly immune. So we would take care of him, even though he has rather mild symptoms. And my father went to my sister's home so he could help her with the babies. And like, uh, at least for him, that is a dream come true. He, he loves his <laughs> granddaughter so much. Like, there, there's, uh, there's, no, there's no two of them, right? Yeah, yeah. So now it's like a trip to Disneyland with him. However, um, uh, today uh, my um, the daughter of uh, the woman who uh, my ma uh, my mother was her maid of honor during her wedding. Uh, her daughter, who was like I don't know maybe five years uh, my junior, uh, she got hospitalized, and uh, that was uh, purely Mina by or, or Mima. Mina, Mina. Mina. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she um my brother law went to uh went uh to have his lungs scanned and i can't remember why her and uh, why she and her husband went along but they found pneumonia in both of them and with her it was relatively severe and she had to be hospital hospitalized immediately so we are still uh, to see how things are developing. I don't think that the situation is still that grim because, uh, as I said, they didn't notice anything until she actually got scanned, you know. But uh, uh, I have an acquaintance, had an acquaintance called Milan. Uh, I knew him over Facebook, him and his best friend. Uh, and uh, we would, you know, I think we met uh, some time ago on some meme page and we would occasionally exchange memes and uh, funny stuff and um, and suddenly his, uh, uh, his uh, best friend shares a Facebook story and there's a guy with a, with a oxygen mask uh, and Milan wore these uh, glasses by which I knew him, you know, he was very recognizable due to those glasses. So when he shared the story of a guy without glasses and with a mask, he didn't recognize it was Milan. And suddenly there's the next story. Why did you have to leave? I was supposed to be your best man or something or other. And, and I'm like, and I sent him a message. Uh, hey, uh, how are you? I saw that some of you, uh, uh, how I, I saw that uh, one of your friends had died. And then some of their, uh, another mutual friend shares something with, like, he died? He was 26. You know, and th that's the horrible thing with COVID. Um, it's not, it's not deadly enough for people in general to feel how dangerous it is, but it is so contagious that even that one percentage uh, of uh, uh, of uh, mortality among like younger populations is bound to uh, to kill anyone. I know. Uh, I think. Two people killed by it, essentially. Um, both of these were acquaintances. Again, I can't really call them friends. Yeah, but, but also our late patriarch, Irine, our late metropolitan, and uh, how, how many bishop, uh, bishops died? Milutin, patriarch, Amphilochius, uh, uh, Ar uh, Artemius. Did somebody else die? No, four bishops. Is it four bishops? And 
again, as I said, I, I don't know the data about the priests, you know, uh, the priests in my chapel was positive. He got better, thank God. But guys, please take care. Um, I know that. You know, I really have yet to ponder on all, all of these events and actually try to find some sort of a meaning and lesson and um, the truth is we are we are extremely fragile and it yeah. it takes us a really not much to push us into a very bad state and I'm not just talking about like a physical state I'm also talking like a human state and um, I've seen people treated very badly you know people yeah. who you know, the worst thing when you are is when you are helpless. The worst thing is when you yeah. when you depend on others 100%. There's nothing you can do for yourself and you get mistreated. It, it's a sort of thing that hurts heaven. Like the, the level of the level of heart that this that I've felt for people seeing seeing them being mistreated i already like i already decided like a huge this i made a huge decision in my life honestly people i don't know if i'm going to be able to if i'm going to be able to realize it but i'm going to do my very best to be kind to everybody because i just don't want to be a part I just don't want to mistreat people. It's yeah. um, you don't really you don't really know what you're doing. You don't really know whom and how you're hurting them. And look, even if it's the last thing that's I'm gonna work on this. Like I'm I'm not an easy person. I burst. I burst. I don't have patience at all. I don't, you know, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to change that. Because I don't want people to feel mistreated by me. Like, I'm not allowing that. I need, I can't have this happen. You know what they quote, quote often? Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that slogan from our national TV, it isn't a hard thing to be nice. That's not one you should quote. You should only quote a late patriarch, Paul. Ah, uh, yeah. And he, like, the entire... It, it, the... It's that difficult to translate into English, though. Well, be human. Yeah, uh, okay. See? <laughs> you can outdo my translations. I can't. But... I'm Our major Paul used to say, "Be human." In so many different contexts, and almost the entire um, scriptures are contained within this one word. Because you know who who gave us the perfect human. You know who's the perfect human. Jesus and, Christ. 
Thank you, B. I was, I was gonna leave that hanging. No, I, 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 I always go for the lowest hanging fruit. And um, he would always say, be human, you know? God will help if there's anybody to be helped. If, if there's a human to be helped, you know? And being a human is being Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in these, in these very challenging things, it shows how, how actually hard that is and how much we lack being people in this entire world, being kind to each other, being understanding, helping each other. You know, <laughs> there's so much that could have been done better. But I know that in, in, in Serbia, in Belgrade, with, with the kind of people we are, with the kind of government and people in, in power that we have, I know that you can't do better. You really can't. But when you're a part of that, you're still unique. You still have your own personality. You're still yourself. And you, you can yeah. do differently. You yeah. can be human. I know that's possible because in the middle of this outburst of, of pain, of, of fear, panic, and the mistreatment that I've witnessed, I've also and witnessed... And evil. Uh, yes, and evil. I've also witnessed small, small moments of pure humanity. You know, uh, this was this is this is strange to me. You know, while we were in the in the in the first triage center, I see this guy walking in. He's masked. I don't really, you know, I can't see much, like in terms of how he looks like. A tall person, and he's pushing a wheelchair. And in that wheelchair is, I'm guessing, his grandmother. Um, now I notice, like the grandmother is like, looks looks like, how should I put it? Almost almost royal, like she, she she's a lady, like she yeah. she's in her like like. Uh, home coat, you know, yeah. like almost almost a pajama, but she you can see that she's a lady. Yeah. And the, the, the guy pushing the wheelchair, I can see in his eyes, like, I, I, I don't know how, I, I can't explain it, but I, I'm like, this is an honest, good person. That's, that's all I can think. But in the midst of everything that's happening, I kind of mm-hmm. see him shining. And that's it. End of story. But then, at some at some, he, he, he speaks to me just he, because he walked in. He, suddenly he speaks to me. He's like, excuse me, like, um, how, much, how long are you waiting here? And I'm like, well, it's been already like four hours or something. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to get a point of reference. Like, thank you. And that was it. That was the rest of our conversation. But la- later on, she, he was like, um, he stopped when he he when he heard what we were you know trying to do. He 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 stopped us and said, "Just so that you are you know, there is a big, big uh, uh, chance that he, that they won't accept you in the in the Sokobanya mm-hmm. hospital, and you need to be prepared for that." Like you know, you know somebody selfishly 
um, just 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 worrying about you, just caring. Yeah, you know that's that's what being human means. That's what being human is all about. You know, um, and um, if you can't have compassion, you will you will never be kind. Yeah, and you can't have compassion if you don't love people. Laurie, uh, from a friend of mine, because uh, his granny had diabetes and uh, she, ha she had those, um, how do you call them, lesions or ulcers mm -hmm. on, her, on, on her feet. And um, from what uh, I could tell, uh, it was some nurse's job for her to help her bandage the wounds and so on. However, uh, before his granny died, uh, I think that uh, he took on the responsibility of changing, uh, uh, changing those bandages and everything, even though he's really not the type, you know, to go, go get into that grimy stuff. And I was like, well, you know, it's nice of him that, uh, and uh, soon, soon after he started doing that, his granny died. But I was like, it was nice of him that he tried to, you know, uh, he was at least there for her, you know, it was really nice of him. So, so, yeah. You know, I got to be honest with you. Yeah. If I wasn't completely preoccupied with getting my father to admit it and, and treat it, I don't know, I think I might have just held that guy, that guy's hand, you know? Mm -hmm. Because he had nobody to fight for him. And then, honestly, I think I will never, ever forget this. I haven't, I haven't told you everything. Yeah, I can imagine. Because, because my, uh, my entire being is already fighting to just overcome all of that and just leave it behind water under the bridge yeah because it's it's been it's been terrible mm -hmm. but i've seen people who care in the midst of all that i've seen people who care and to me i honestly in my mind i remember as if they were glowing their eyes were just different they would look at me with like with honest and you could see that they would they were they were gonna do something they were ready to do something you know imagine that that doctor look looking at my brother in his eyes and telling him no don't take him home leave him here we'll treat we'll take care of him you know uh, imagine imagine that one sentence that like changes the whole world his, changes history Oh. Um, do you remember that episode when we talked about real life miracles and so on? And I had that uh, experience when praying the Akatis to, to Saint Nectarius and how I said that uh, even though that definitely did not happen at that time, in my, uh, in my memory, I practically remember everything being in this golden hue, like everything being completely radiant. 
So I definitely can see how you remember those people, even though at the time you're simply a lot and uh, don't know where you are. But now when you take. When I, you felt know, I, I felt it. Then I felt it. But now when, when I'm when I'm going back to it in my memory, they're glowing. Mm. They're glowing. It's 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 different. Um, you know what I'd like this episode to be. I'd like this episode to be a, an answer to a, to a couple of questions. Is this thing real? Yes. It is. Should you, should you make sure that you're safe and that people you love are safe? Yes. Does that mean wearing masks, doing social distancing, not doing celebrations? It means whatever is necessary. Yes. It means whatever is necessary. That's what it means. I have met people who don't believe that the virus is real. I've met people who don't care. I've met people who are fanatically keeping themselves safe, safe from the virus. And then you have me, for example, I was like very cautious. I was mostly because of others. And, you know, ironically, my father never got it from me or you. Uh, he, <laughs> said, he, he, he opened the door. He opened the door for you, but he gets he gets it from from, from his doctor who operates on him. <laughs> but you know, you know, if he got it from me, maybe my stain would have killed him. So <laughs> maybe it's for the best that he didn't get it from me. But yeah, uh, and uh, you know, sometimes in, in the episode you asked, I wonder why this thing is happening. And I think that uh, you have implicitly given an answer because at the time it was like this, who's the true sinner and who's the true saint really shines forth in these, especially in these extreme circumstances. In the everyday business, it is difficult to see. You know, you you, you practically have no idea, but when we're into situations of uh, epidemics, of uh, pestilence, of war, of famine, then you know. Then you practically know. I can't stop thinking of the guy who was asking for help and that uh, grandchild of that lady. Like, how many people are simply left there by, by their loved ones? You know, especially when I go back and think about all this, all these medical workers who are thrown in in a, in the pit, um, in the mailworm, and um, you know, we should pray for everybody who is suffering because of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Which now is not the time to think about if the virus was created in a lab if there if there is a conspiracy theory um now is the time for us to show 
that we are human. Yes. Being being human being means being like Christ. And what did Christ? Christ told the story about the Good Samaritan who helped the helpless. I look, man, I tried, but there was nothing, seemingly there was nothing I could have done, but I still don't think I've tried enough. You know, I was just so preoccupied with my, I don't think I've fulfilled what the scriptures are calling us to do. I don't think I was the good Samaritan. But I don't, when I think about it, it's not like I was in the position to actually do something. I don't, I don't, re, I don't really know. Like, what, what, what could I have done? So I just, I just pray for his, for him. I really, really, really don't think he's gonna make it. Um, after all I've seen, but I will never, I will never forget his name, and I will, I will. Um, he will forever be in my prayers. Yes. Um, so yeah, I hereby ask everybody who has the heart for it and feels the needs for it, pray for everybody who's everybody who's suffering in this entire ordeal, because a lot of people are, and we we just don't see it, because we are all self-centered and. Think about the next thing um, and not how to look. There's a, the military medical academy that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, there, is a, there is a saying, um, a writing uh, on the main entrance that, ha- that's, that goes something like this. Uh, a healthy man has many desires but a sick man has only one. And that's it. Like, yeah. Of course, the only one desire is to, to get better. And if you think about it, when you catch a cold and, and all of that, you know, you immediately kind of detach from a lot of like uh, things that are like pure satisfaction kind of things. And it's like your entire body is trying to get you focused on on getting better and that's why um the you know getting a disease can be very purifying for us christians because it detaches us from the things that are sinful <laughs> you know that 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 make us um sin and and we we start thinking about the the important things that that we can't um, um otherwise do because we are choking in the in the roots of uh of different satisfactions let me break the monotony of this ridiculously um, sad conversation. Um, let me see how I can show this to you. One second. So my kid, she pooped. Okay. And, and she's, she's taking her mom to, to change her, her, her diaper. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> Yeah, that's about it. Let me see if I can go. Yeah, <laughs> there's the poop. You see, there's the poop. Yeah, I, I can see it. Then. <laughs> yeah, we've been sending all kinds of um, videos uh, from the from the kids to to my dad, and I was like, 
that's that's like really working you know that's like really working guys if you have a doubt that this is real don't if you think you're being lied to yes you're all everybody's always lying to you the, the entire world is built on lies this world is a lie it is it is but but people dying around you is that really where you want to go to confirm that this particular thing is not one of them or yourself being in a helpless position the last thing you ever see is a is a doctor uh, dressed like like an alien or dressed like you're an alien is that really what you what you need as far as you need to go we have monasteries closing down because the sisterhoods are are ill. Do you want me to show you that as well? Um, yeah, let me find that. Mention, uh, let me find that for you. Monastery of Saint Peter's Kiev. Oh man! Don't. That has to be one of the most horrible things I have read uh, in our church recently. <sighs> Read it. Read it. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm. Everything's hectic. Like my my vibe right now is like you wouldn't. You wouldn't believe. You know. You know what I've been doing since I got back. I, I, I'm calling people and scaring them into into being responsible. And you should. And you should. And I will continue doing that. Yeah. Here it is. As as the epistle to Saint of Saint Jude says. This is on the on the on the monastery, and I'll, I'm going to translate. Because of the outbreak of the COVID nineteen virus in the in the uh, well, this is, we call this a home for people who have uh, development issues. Um, in the monast monastery of Saint Paraskeva, with the blessing of his of the uh, Bishop uh, Ignatius, the monastery is closed for. Uh, visitors, you know, not forever, but unforeseeable future. Yeah, until further notice. Uh, dated the twenty seventh of November, which is Thursday, the, the day that my little hell started. Um, our little hell is so much not just me. Um, and uh, to wrap this up, I'm grateful to god and everybody um who was who was there for us um i can really it was so hard for me to see this i've questioned my faith 15 million times during this entire ordeal and only now when i'm when i'm looking at things from after it's all done only now i can actually see the hand of god arranging yeah. things neatly so that things actually work by the way uh, tell them what the monastery of St. Paraskiva is doing what is exactly it, is it that monastery near Parachin I think that's the one okay do you want me to tell them yeah go ahead okay so oh, the sister sorry I'll try to find a, a reference. Okay. 
So the sisterhood of that monastery is taking care of at least 90 kids or even grown-ups. Yeah, I didn't explain. The home for uh, kids uh, uh, with development issues. Not just kids, but also for persons. It's not just children. Yeah, with most uh, severe developmental issues possible. Like, um, I don't even how... I can describe those disabilities without, <laughs> how should I put this, uh, degrading those people. I, I don't know. Yeah. You uh, know what the previous, book, previous, previous, month, previous announcement, sorry, previous announcement from the monastery was that they're asking for uh, hands for people to help them take, yeah. care, take care of the these persons uh, because because one by one, the monastery a sisterhood is, is getting infected by the virus and they're yeah. getting basically they can't they can't do anything um so yeah sorry about that and the next the next announcement is you know we're closing down which is i'm trying to find the original news as well uh, i can forward it to you uh, is that I the one you sent me yeah that's the one i sent you i think uh, yeah i can forward it yeah, to yeah. you urgently Monastery of Saint Saint Paraskeva. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have over ninety, uh, over ninety uh, 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 female persons that they are helping. Over ninety. So yeah, if you're watching this this video, take care of yourselves and take care of your family and take care of your friends by being serious about this. Is it really such a big deal to go to church with a mask? Is it? No, it's not. Okay. I have to be honest, a lot of people claim online that virus can't enter churches. I have no idea what are they basing this upon. I have no send clue. them send them send them uh, send them send them the videos from the funeral of our late patriarch and the funeral of all the bishops that are that are that have that have fallen victim to to a disease that is a direct consequence of the virus. Look, it's okay. You get you get to believe in whatever you want. You get to draw conclusions from whatever sources you wish. But at the end of the day, viruses, there is a biology behind them that you can understand you need to have a, a a decent context and background and so that you can understand it but it's not rocket science it's understandable you can learn about it and understand things better and if you do you might draw different conclusions why wouldn't virus enter church because it's the home of god right what isn't home of God? Everything is home. Everything is home of God. 
everything. It's just a place of worship besides being a home of God. I'm pretty sure that you know that there were people who go into a church with a gun and kill people in a church. God permits that. Why wouldn't God permit a virus to get go into the church? How many Serbs were burnt in their churches during World War II? They would, um, they, like, would they would put entire families inside the church. They were sur surrounded with 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 straw and uh, uh, fl other flammable materials and barrels of whatnot, and they would set it ablaze, and people would die. Okay. And holy martyrs of Prevlaka were poisoned, like they were monks, were poisoned. Like what? Everything happens because God allows it. So who are you to say what God God allows and what God doesn't allow? Who? Who are you? Who says that? That's not even that's not even faith. I I, I will say it openly. It is a superstition. And it is magic, or or prelast, or uh, it's prelast one on one. You on what do you base some, some presets? So what makes you think that you can't get diseased in church? What what makes you think that? You know there are people... the custodian, sorry custodians of my church of, my, of that little chapel that they, they lost their child to COVID, mind you he. That child was a walking risk group. He had a lot of lung issues, but still God permitted him to perish. And I, again, I have no idea, no clue where where are people pulling this nonsense out from. And I'll be quite honest. I believe that this teaching that's spreading across orthowebs is a direct satanic attempt to kill as many Christians as possible. Good Christians, faithful Christians, I, I'm not saying that they're bad Christians because they have one fringe belief, but sadly that one fringe belief can kill you and kill people around you. And in the end, the church of God is diminishing and people are losing their loved ones. Stop doing that. Wear a mask, do social distance. Nobody likes at least us in Serbia, we can go to church. I did not attend the patriarch's funeral, and God knows that I really did want to, but it was a major health hazard. I don't think masks help a lot. But if they help this tiny bit, it is your duty as a Christian. Yeah. It is your duty as a Christian to be the good Samaritan. I will tell you one thing. All of the people that I have infected, they had uh, a more problematic uh, outcome the closer they were to me. You had it the worst. Really? And those, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and the, the three others that I infected uh, while I were at uh, that friend's place, the only one who did not get infected out of us four present there was furthest away from me. And the closer they were to me, the the worse they got infected. Let because that sink in. Because of the quantity of the virus and the fact that it spreads with 
with with um, a droplet and the part yeah, particulate exactly. matter. I mean, you and I are basically speaking like we are now. It's just that, that we were real, in you know, next to each other. But yeah, you, yeah. I think I think when it comes to symptoms, you had it worse. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did have I did My have to, uh, fever was destroying you for like seven days or something. Yeah, and, yeah. And I was fever with me. It was like three days, even though I yeah. didn't treat the fever. I was just like I'll just let it run, uh, yeah. which which resulted in. The, in the world's biggest headache. Um, and then I had like three days or something uh, without smell and uh, taste. That was pretty much it for me. Yeah. But guys, again, we are not saying this. Uh, believe that it was man-made. Believe that uh, it was done in order to destroy China or was made by China to destroy Believe what you want. But in the end of the day, how you approach this can kill people. I, again, not, uh, I, I'm not saying murder. I'm not saying that any one of you is going out there and coughing in people's faces. I hope you that you don't. <laughs> but if you do, I really doubt that you will be listening to well, Christian podcast in the first place. But This is a Christian podcast, yes. It is. It is. It's, also an inter- it's also an entertainment podcast. Yeah, why not both? You know when when even we though had this... this episode is definitely not our entertainment, this is like that one uh, dark episode that all of us yeah. have, go, have to go through eventually. You're so. naming it like an episode of Friends, the one when they talked about dark things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. B, uh, let me not forget. Thank you as well for your support and um, uh-huh. understanding and um, prayer especially prayer um trust me it was worth it every prayer counts yes it does i gotta say i've i really went through a lot of things and um i doubted a lot of things and i feel ashamed now honestly for doubting some of them but You don't really know how weak you are until you are challenged. And I, I mean, we should, we should try to find a way to challenge ourselves without really going this far to challenge ourselves. And that's what I'm saying, you know. It's like, it's like the time, you know, people tell you like drugs are bad and you're like, you can listen to them and be like, I'll be wise and like, I won't try drugs and be like, let me find out for myself. No, 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 no. That, that's not, let you, no, no, they can't, I'm stronger than that. And then you're not strong. Yeah, for example. It's that exact same mentality. Yeah. That- I, have, I have a lot of conversations to have with people um, because of the way they've been handling this entire crisis. Like, for many of them, I think their 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 answer already came. You know, it, it has been shown to them in a different way. Like I told you, I have friends who who are very much against, basically, completely ignoring the, everything about uh, the, the 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 pandemic, and now they are uh, with pneumonia. 
So COVID and receiving treatment. Um, it's going to get better. But before it gets better, we need to get better. It's not about just surviving this. It's about surviving and being human after surviving. Yep. Yep. That's the point. That's the point. So let's do that, okay? Let's be human. Let's be human during the, the entire ordeal. Let's do let's be human 100%. Let's let's be fair to our neighbor. And um thank you for not changing the channel in for after after the one and an hour, one and a half hour mark has passed. Yeah. And everybody who, who said a prayer for my father, I know we did ask for it when he was getting the surgery. I thank you so much. How do we end on a on a on a on a like an entertaining humorous note? Once there was a bishop and uh he was telling a joke to a number of priests, uh, number of priests in his, uh, you know, bishop's palace. So the the bishop, the bishop tells a joke, and all of the priests are like crying from laughter, like tears. But one priest is simply on face, like totally, like stone face. So uh, then uh, uh, the bishop tells some anecdote that he and everybody's like dying, like completely red, and but that one priest is like nothing so one of the priests was like still having like tears and he's like why are you not laughing and the priest says i'm not from his diocese <laughs> priest frame roll credits uh, it's, a it's a decent it's a decent joke i tried <laughs> it's like i just don't know no, if, if people for example from from uh non Predominantly Orthodox countries would ever call it a bishop's palace. They would. They would. They would. Yeah, yeah. Fact, fact check that. Yeah. Well, it seems that not only Serbian bishops live in palaces. What kind of cars do, do your bishops drive? Well, I think it was Peter Paul who said something along the lines of like somebody showed them all the fancy cars that the bishops were driving, and he said. Look, imagine what they would drive if they didn't have the vow of poverty. <laughs> yeah, but he was a, a super funny. He was a super funny guy. He would be like, uh, they were like uh, traveling via plane, and he would be like, the the plane was experiencing like very very serious uh, tribulations. You know, uh, it was like it was dramatic, and and somebody was like. Um, uh, like we're we're gonna crash, you know. Uh, how is it fair? How is it fair that we're going to crash now, Your Holiness? And he was like, and they were in the above an ocean or something. And he was, he was like, uh, it's fair with all the fish that I've that I've eaten, you know, during fast. Like, it's only fair that fish now eat me. <laughs> <laughs> Such a wonderful person. Oh yeah. You know? I, I still hate myself for not attending his funeral. 
I was in college. And well, I, you, you can attend the funeral of the next pit. Oh, no. Well, well, skip, missed that one as well. Well, maybe it is our fate predetermined from Age of Spies to miss every Patriarch's funeral for different reasons. Did you miss uh, Patriarch Paul's reasons? Uh, reasons, uh, funeral? Oh, no, maximum uh, recording time reached. Well, you did. I did. I did. You can tell me off camera. Okay. So, so that I can put it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember. I can't yeah, even there remember. Was, there, was there was something. There was something. Almost. I can't hours. remember. Almost two hours. Thank you for stay listening. And stay safe. And make sure people around you stay safe. Yeah. And pray. Pray, pray for people suffering. Pray for Serbia to get a good patriarch. When is that happening, though? I have no idea. You, I saw you made a video on how it works in the church. Did you notice the hanged angel? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> I can already see the comment section. What? <laughs> well, I think only one person noticed it and put it in the comments. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't look at the comments. They, yeah, they... but the, the, the idea is like nobody's happy. The clergy is not happy. The bishop's not happy. Demons are not happy. Angels are not. Nobody's happy. The Lord is not happy. <laughs> Where, but where, when is it happening? When, when, are, they, when, are, when are they gonna do it? Uh, assuming that any of them survives in the next couple of months, which is not looking, <laughs> which isn't like a, <laughs> a certain thing. Um, I heard that uh, Vadikyaniki is 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 healthy. Yeah, I put him as a patriarch. Like, yeah, me easily. too. Easily. Yeah, but uh, if it was up to me. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, the Lord may choose a, a patriarch, um, uh, and uh, the suffering caused by the patriarch may the Lord may deem more, you know, something. No, I'm afraid we'll just get what we deserve, which is not a good page. <laughs> I look, everything's good, yeah, from a perspective, <laughs> enough shade throwing. Enough what? Do you know the expression throwing shade? A shade throwing, okay. okay. Shade, yeah. Who's throwing Great shade? I don't, I, don't, shade. I don't understand. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us. If you if you just uh, jumped to the end uh, without listening to the entire thing. I suggest you don't listen to the entire thing, but just keep keep yourself and your family safe and pray. That's yeah. all. That's yeah. all. Your family and friends and also co-workers and everybody whom you might endanger by being irresponsible during this pandemic. And don't yeah. judge because that's bad. Be kind. I know it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Що не си на сахара? Како? Що не си на сахара? Не, 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 не,